Today we're going to talk about me on uh, um, the other night. I didn't really think nothing about it, but the Lord brought it back to my remembrance um, this morning while I was meditating. And um, I had this dream, and I really didn't know, I didn't really put it together. You know, sometimes we're so busy we can't put stuff together. Amen. And so I was trying to do this and that, and I really didn't think about too much about the dream that I had until I put it together this morning. It was kind of like a little odd because normally um, when a person has a dream, um, it usually there is a start, there's a beginning, and, you know, there's a sequence. But sometimes God comes out of that order and does something different. Amen. And so as I uh, was... Um, dreaming and I uh, was in my uh, secret place and then I had this dream and in this dream I was in the basement of a house and the rest of the house uh, seemed like it was tore up like an event happened and the houses and everything were destroyed I was laying on the floor and um, and I was trying to reach um, this cloth and and I was I couldn't reach it for some reason, I just couldn't reach it. And so um, I said, well, um, I just, I kind of just, just, just normally just put my hand out and it moves. It, j it just moved. The thing moved away. And, um, and then there was a door in front of me. And, and I said, I got to move out this door because I got to get up the stairs, find out what's going on. And I couldn't move the door. And it came to me to move the door. And I stretched forth my hand, and the door just flew. Flew out of the way. So I go upstairs, and as I go upstairs, I, I, I walk into a neighborhood of being, of just, it was just tore up. Just tore up. There was houses that was blown up. There, were, there was all this devastation. And there was a crowd of people that were around and this crowd of people that was actually around, they had uh, formed almost like a circle. And all of a sudden, this dark cloud came. And as this dark cloud came, it turned into a big bear. And I said, I, I looked at it and I said, oh, that's a bear. And I wasn't thinking about any, amen. I was just trying to do, you know, get out. And then it came to me to stretch forth your hand toward the bear. And when I stretched forth my hand toward the bear, I rebuked the bear because it was in a dark form. It was uh, almost like an invisible form. You could see the form of the bear, but it was over all these people. And I rebuked the bear, and the bear flew away. And then I just woke up. You know, um, you know sometimes you have dumb dreams, and Dumb dreams is things that you've been either uh, doing, watching, um, engaged in. It actually causes you to actually uh, dump your memory. You know, uh, if you know anything about computers, they have what they call cache. And when you have cache, what happens is the computer writes all this information that makes up what is going, what you see on your screen. And then when you pull it down, it keeps it or dumps it. Every so many days, it'll cache it. And so... Um, but then it came to me early that morning, okay, what I want you to talk about is spiritual authority, and I want you to uh, do it in a series. So we're going to talk about spiritual authority. 
because there is a big misunderstanding about spiritual authority in some cases. In some cases, um, we need to know about spiritual authority because some of you are, are up against some spiritual entities that them are purpose because you invited them. We invited them. Somebody say amen. And, and, and the majority of us invite them in because of the words of our mouth. And um, when we talk about this, um, you know, I'm going to talk about it in a very uh, uh, specific so that we can understand. And then some of us, in, when we talk about spiritual authority, we go too far. You know, we think that we can do all planets and all that kind of stuff like that. Well, we're not authorized to do planets right now. They have to stay in this place. Amen. You know, I've heard all that kind of stuff like that. If, if when we get to heaven, if God authorized you to move some planets, then you'll be authorized to do so. But right now, ain't nobody moving planets. If there's a planet to be moved, God will authorize it, and it will be a purpose for it. There's only two instances in the Bible where God stopped time, and time have been, and that has been proven by scientists that there's two time missing times in the earth. And we know those times when Moses held his hand up. Amen. I'm talking about natural science and prove that there's these missing time. There's two elements of time that's actually missing. One is when, when Moses had the people held his hand up to stop the sun so they can win the battle. Remember, that's purpose. Somebody say purpose. The second thing is when uh, the king wanted more time. And it's the sundial that he was looking at, it went backward. Y'all remember the name of the king? Yeah, King Hezekiah, he wanted more time. He asked God for more and more time. He really probably should have just went home then because after that, after that, he backslid. But, he, 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 but God stopped the clock of time then moved it back, gave him 15 more years, 15 authority. But... Uh, one, most of us that are the body of Christ need to understand that we have rights and privileges in, that we have in Jesus Christ. So I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter number 15. These are one of my, uh, my favorite scriptures in here. And so I want you to listen as I go through this. And I believe that as I meditated even this morning on it, because I was like put together this morning, I didn't pay no attention to the dream. I was... Spiritual warfare came, uh, spiritual authority in me <laughs> until God says, look at the dream and look at this. And he said, you have authority. God's people have authority, but we don't know how to use it. Okay? And so in Ephesians chapter number, uh, Ephesians chapter number one, verse number 15. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, Love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And I just want to just say this. Um, if you do not have a prayer life, more than likely you're living on grace. If you don't have a prayer life, you're more than likely living on God's grace. And he's waiting for you to get a prayer life. Because if you can't fuel your prayer life, you won't have any power. If you do not have a prayer life, a consistent prayer life. Listen to me real well. If you don't have a consistent prayer life, this is it. There's no buts, ands about it. You know, none of us are good enough. None of us can make it without Jesus. Amen? 
but the enemy will ping pong you around the table until you're actually dead. He will do that. And I'm just going to be up in your face about some things, but you are not going to get ahead. You're not going to destroy any work of the enemy. You're not going to get a power move of God unless you just happen to be available and nobody else is available. God will use you to help somebody else, but you will not be consistently walking power if you do not have a prayer life. This is serious business because God expects us as God's people to have a consistent prayer life that fuels the power and the anointing in our life. If we don't have that, nothing's going to happen. You can get angry at God all you want. You can say, God, won't you do it? Why won't you do it? But God says, well, who are you? He'll ask you, who are you? Because you do not have a consistent prayer life with him that causes him to look at you as a son and daughter. Now, you're a son and daughter, but you have not fulfilled your role. Amen. And we have to get to the place where we're looking at ourselves because the time is coming. You're going to need power. Amen. And you don't have to, you, you know, you, you listen. Listen, I'm going to just tell you the truth. If you don't want to hear trace and just tell you the truth. If you don't have a prayer life, you're going to lose. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're going to lose. If you don't understand who you are because you lack the relationship, you're going to lose. And it's not something that people will sit there and say, well, you know, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I love him. I love him. I love him with all my heart. I love him. I love him. And then you go and commit some of the most atrocious stuff there is. And he says, if you love me, you will do it. I'm not talking about in the process of taking off and putting off. I'm just talking about people that just ignore the word of God. And so we need to understand that God wants us to have a prayer life. So somebody said, I need a prayer life. If you don't have a prayer life, you need to start off with 15 minutes. Amen? I tell people that says, well, I can't pray that long. Well, let's start off with 15. Let's, okay, let's even go a little, a little less. Let's start off with 10. Just do 10 minutes every day. Start off with 10 minutes every day and then keep adding on until you get in. Amen. Okay. Now listen to what it says. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation and the knowledge of him. Okay? So you need to write this down. First of all, I need to get the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom only comes from God. That's the only You can only have the spirit of wisdom that comes from God. From God. It works from the knowledge of good and evil. Okay? Everybody understand that? The enemy has wisdom, but it's the wrong type of wisdom. The only one that have true wisdom is the wisdom of God. Somebody say, I need the wisdom of God. Somebody say, I need the wisdom of God. 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 And God says, I will give you wisdom if you ask for it. If you ask for it, God will give it to you. You got to ask what's going on the internet. They look up stuff. They copycat stuff. They do stuff to try to simulate what wisdom is. But true wisdom can only come from God, and it comes through prayer and revelation. Somebody ought to say amen. Okay. And then he says, and the knowledge or the revelation of the knowledge of him. 
this is a very important piece. You don't have any revelation about anything, nothing gets done. If you are walking, if you want to walk in the power of God, if you want to walk in the dynamics of the spirit, if you want to walk in the things of God, you're going to have to have some revelation. And revelation means the unveiling of something that's been hidden to you. God enlightens you or un unhides something that has been hidden to you that you understand the function, the operation, how it operates in him. Okay? That only comes from God. Something as simple as uh, Jesus asking Peter, he says, who do men say that I am? He says, I, that men, some men say that you are Elijah. Some men say that you're the prophet. Some men say this and some men say that. Some says you're Elijah. Who do you say that I am? He says, you are the son of God. You are the son of the living God. And what he says is that flesh and blood, that did not come from your observation down here. This did not come from you looking at what, who I am and looking at the works that I do. From that, from your observation. It came from the Father. He opened your eyes up to see who I really am. Somebody need to know who you know. Need to get your revelation of who you are. Somebody say Amen. So most of us we don't live out of the understanding of who we are. We live out of understanding of who people say we are. People tell you who you are. You know, ever since we've been, you know, when we were little or we're coming up and our parents tell you, don't do this, don't do that. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. You know, some of our parents saying you weren't going to be nothing. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. And so they shaped and mold you. But when you come into Christ, old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. You are a brand new creature. You do not have to live in the identity that you're born with because you've been born again. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. I kind of like this mic. Kind of like this mic, Amen. Make me feel real free. I might, I might have to, um, Amen. I might get a revelation and call some people out. Amen. <laughs> amen. Isn't God good? He's he's a good God. And so what he says is that he says you need revelation in the knowledge of Him. And so we need the revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Somebody said I need His revelation about Him. See, if you get revelation about Him, you'll get revelation about you. If you get revelation about him, you'll get revelation about you. Somebody said, I need to know who I am. Now watch, now watch this, that your understanding will be now very clear. You need to be clear. Why do we live in something that we're not supposed to be? Why do we keep doing things that we're not supposed to do? We are better than that. We are better than anything that acts in, in this world when you are a child of God. You are the best. Somebody say, I'm the best. Say, I'm the best because you're a child of God. Amen? You've been born. You've got a new identity. You have the DNA of Christ. You have the DNA of heaven, and it dwells within you. Somebody says, dwelling within me right now. Now, listen. Now, listen what he says. He says, enlightened, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Amen. I like that. 
Okay, according to the working mind. So he will enlighten you to understand of you so that when the Holy Spirit begins to work inside of you, he enlightens you. And not only does he enlighten you, but he will actually empower you so that you will know what the hope of your calling and understand who you are and, and, and understand who you are in him. And you are at joint heirs with him. You are uh, and you are enjoying the inheritance of who he is in you. Somebody ought to say amen. I don't know if you understood all that, but I'm looking at it in, through my spiritual eyes is that we're sitting in a place called heaven. We're sitting in a place called heaven. Amen. Listen to what it says. It says that which he wrought in Christ when he raised them from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly. Now, the Bible says in, in your, uh, if you have King James Version, it says places. Actually, that word wasn't there. They put it there to make sense. But actually, it says in the heavenly. Because it says places. Somebody said places. You're, Christ was raised from the dead, and he's sitting in heavenly places. It means places of authority. Far above. Now, look at this place of authority. And I need three chairs. It says, you can give me those three chairs back in the back there. All three of those, y'all. I thought y'all would stand up for a little bit. It says, far above, what? Far, let's read it. And powers and might and dominion and every name that is what? Name. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. It means that you are sitting in places that are far above any demonic interference. Christ is sitting in that place. He's sitting on the throne, throne room. And that throne room is under all his authority. Somebody ought to say amen. He's sitting in a place that no demon can come and try to get him. It means no, no devices of the enemy will come to try to destroy him. It means that he has the ultimate power over everything. Somebody say he's got the power. Somebody say he's got the power. He's got the authority. He's sitting in the throne. Authority. Amen. Now listen to this. Because of the fact that we are in this world, there's a several things that are actually happening. There are several things that are actually happening in our life. Okay? We have been born and conceived and born in sin and iniquity. Amen? It wasn't that where we were born in? That was something that we no longer uh, we know about, right? You don't know about that, do you? See how we do? We go back, well, yeah, I was born in sin. No, you are a new creature. That part of you is gone forever. You cannot allow yourself to be identified with that. That's one of the problems. We keep identifying with something that we're not. The Israelites was in bondage, and when they came out of the bondage, they kept identifying them being back in bondage. You have been brought out of bondage. The Bible says, come out from among them and be what? Separate, said the Lord. you got to separate yourself from where you were and to who you are right now. Somebody say amen. Brand new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. I'm new. And guess what the Bible says? I'm being renewed day by day. So I'm new today. Yesterday was old. I'm brand new today. 
So those things that happened yesterday, you need to let go. You need to let it go. Amen. Somebody say, I need to let it go. I need to let it go. You'll find if you let it go, you'll get healed. You'll find if you let it go, that thing that's been bothering you will get off you. That devil, that monkey will get off your back if you let it go. But people won't let it go. They keep saying, well, it keeps haunting me and everything like that. Well, I'm going to tell you how to get rid of that monkey off your back. Amen? And so there's four things that we're going to go over, and I'm just going to name them um, real quickly so that we can move on. But uh, we're going to talk about authority in the high place. That's what we're talking about right now. We're going to talk about the, earth, the, the earthly authority in the heavenlies over Satan. How to apply your authority. Amen? How to apply the authority in your life so that you can live out the dreams that God has for you. Let me put a cause in this. Those dreams are not yours. You've just been made for God's dreams. So you fit in because God made you for his dream and his purpose. They're not yours because you've been bought with a what? And the price that you've been bought with is the precious blood of what? And you're no longer your what? Now, here's the good thing. He made you that you love it where he's taking you to. You've been made to love where he's taking you to. Somebody ought to say amen. Amen. Somebody ought to say Amen. Okay, so listen, spiritual uh, warfare, spiritual authority refers to an invisible battle in the spiritual realm involving a power kingdom of darkness. But let me put this disclaimer in here. God is not in any battle with anybody. He's just not. No one's going to overthrow him. No one can overthrow him. And if God wanted to, he could blow everything away. So what is the battle that we're really in? We're in a battle. Okay, let me say this before I go there. Spiritual authority can only be defined as divine responsibility delegated to believers to act upon God's behalf and spiritually ruling, ruling over God's creation. We are given authority to implement spiritual principles and laws to either control the wickedness of the enemy effects on the world or to destroy his strategy and the lives of mankind. Let me say it again. We are given authority to implement spiritual principles and laws of, enemy, of the enemy's effect on the world. This is why he says, I look for intercession, I can find any. I can't find any. God needs you to pray to stop what the enemy is doing. Somebody ought to say amen. When uh, a little Pookie needs help because he or she is in the hospital and the only help you can get, you have to call what? You got to call heaven down, right? Overtake Pookie and Pookie will be no more. So when they call for the saints to pray, what you do is that you have a spiritual connection with heaven that you call the power and the authority of heaven that is in you out to actually cause the area to be settled and to arrest what the enemy is doing. Somebody say amen. So if somebody's sick, it says call for the elders of the church, right? 
That's one of the scriptures, confident of the church, that they will pray the prayer of faith over you. And when they pray the prayer of faith over you, it says the Lord will do what? Heal and raise them up, right? Well, why does that happen? Because the elders have been given spiritual authority to call heaven to heal you. Without heaven healing, you, and here's the thing about it is that, and most people don't really use it, it says, if you can, and the Lord shall heal you, raise you up, right? So you get a twofer. You get your sins healed, and you get healed. Somebody ought to say amen. And people don't even do that. They, 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 don't, they don't call for those, I don't want them praying for me. I don't, I don't, I don't like them praying for me. I can pray for myself. Well, you go right ahead. That's the scriptures. Somebody said, that's the scriptures. So if you, got, if you are in a bad situation, call for the elders. So you can get that straightened out. Ain't nobody saying nothing. Amen. And so what we have, so, 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 so it, says, it says also this. It says that we are given, the, we are given authority to implement spiritual principles and laws to either control the wickedness or, or the wickedness of the enemy's effect on the world, which means that we can cause the enemy to stop situations. We can cause the enemy to stop circumstances, issues that he may try to bring upon a people, and, and because we're praying, God will stop it. Are you listening? Okay? That's what we have is spiritual authority. That's one of the reasons why we have it. The other reason why we have it is that when you're meeting people, when you're talking to people, that you need to uh, have the enough authority and enough God in you that you can open their eyes to the light of the gospel. Not just with words, but with power. Jesus, um, Paul said, and that's what's really, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just going to be honest. This is one of the problems that we have in the church today. See, we got a lot of good exhortation. We can preach it up the storm. We can, we can get the people emotionally sound and jumping and hollering and screaming. But when they go out, they still got the same problem because there's no power implemented. There's got to be power. See, if, if I'm going to preach the gospel, I need to have a sign following me. Did you hear what I said? If I'm going to preach the gospel, i got to have a sign follow me. Not me follow the sign, the sign follow me. So when I go out and I begin to preach the gospel, the words that come out of my mouth should be powerful enough to make changes in people's lives that want to receive it. Amen. If I don't do that, then what I make, I make my words non and void, and people say, well, that don't work. But you got to have authority. Somebody said, I have to have authority. I have to have authority necessary for you to listen. The spiritual world is invisible. How many know the spiritual world is invisible? Okay. The spiritual world is invisible, but it's the foundation for everything. Everything is the foundation. Everything that you see was made from the invisible. Okay? We know that today. I mean, if you look on the walls and stuff like that, you see the, the structures and stuff like that, but many people don't see what's behind the wall. There are studs behind the wall. There's things behind the wall, that, but you don't see it. It's hidden to you. It's not, it looks nice and pretty. So that, that gives us a very, very, very finite principle. This has to do with healing, casting out devils, and all this kind of stuff. And hear me, because I don't, I don't, I, and I'm getting into some things I never talked about before, but I'm getting there because we got to move on, and those that are going to move can move, and those that don't, they just don't. 
Everything that is in everything that is happening is initiated by something spiritual. Everything. Doesn't matter what you say, what you see, whatever. It's something in the invisible world that has initiated. Because everything that you see is from the spiritual world. Okay? And so when when you get in an argument with your husband or your wife, something started it. Yes, you get in an argument with your friend, um, your, your, your neighbor, and, and most of it happens because there's an emotional feeling that has been touched that you don't see. Hello? Something that, something that has, has touched that emotion that goes against your way of thinking. And see, and most people don't realize is that um, there's all these little imps. They're sitting around, they're making comments to you in your head, and they say, you know, someone might be saying, that guy up there don't know what he's talking about. They're sitting next to you, sitting on your shoulder, sitting in, most people don't see him. You, don't, you know, some of them are just distracting you by putting thoughts in your mind about what you plan to do after service and who's taking too long and all that kind of stuff. I know what I'm talking about. Y'all act like I, been, I have not been sitting where you are. I, understand I don't understand everything, but I understand some things. And they're telling you all this kind of stuff, and you're sitting there, and uh, some of you say, well, the service is a little boring, and, 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 the, and the enemy says, Yeah, and just cornering with your thoughts. The thoughts is what the enemy rides on based on what you say and your actions. So he'll start something. There's some people that argue about stupid stuff, argue about the Godhead. You know, Jesus is God, God is this. And some people talk about identity and all that kind of stuff like that. And at the end of the day, it don't really mean anything. Because when you stand before God in judgment, he's going to say, call your name out and pull all the books out, and he's going to show you your books. He's going to pull all five of these books out on you, and, and you, your name is on every one of these books, and one of the books is either your name is going to be in it or it's not. It's called the book of life. You're eternally in trouble. So everything is initiated by the spiritual world. Now, here, here is the bombshell that maybe some of you know, you know, that we are engaged in the spiritual battle of choices that bring spiritual results. Your choices that you make, the choices that you speak, the choices of spirit to influence you or distract you or take away something from you so the choices that you make release your authority for the enemy to come in or withdraw. So let's all be transparent. We all made bad choices. Yes? And those choices have been bad. And we have to suffer through those choices, right? Because the enemy has choices. But thank God that he has mercy. Thank God that he has grace, right? And so when we make these bad choices, the enemy will come and he will cause a bad result 
based on our choices. So the battle is not through flesh and blood. The battle is based on the choices that you make and who you side with with your mouth. So when you side with somebody with your mouth or, or whatever spiritual uh, 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 entity down and say, I'm down, I'm never going to get up again, the enemy says, I know that's for sure because you just released him to make sure you're down. But if you say, I might be down, but Jesus is going to take me out. Jesus is going to bring deliverance to me. Then guess what? God will then release your words in the atmosphere through angels to start working on your deliverance. And when your deliverance comes, it's not going to come with just you being delivered. It's going to come with a testimony. And so we need to understand that, that your choices is really the battleground. Okay? Um, turn to Corinthians chapter 10. It's 1 Corinthians chapter number um, 10. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Okay, notice this. I beseech you, represent. I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am presented with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as we walk according to the flesh. There's always going to be people that's going to talk about you that you're not walking in the spirit, but that's not none of their business. For, those, for, for, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not do what? War after the flesh. So when things happen to you, quit in. Quit looking at the people. You got to have eyes like Christ. He did not judge by what he saw. He did not judge by what he heard. He judged by the spirit. This is why we can't judge. You don't know what's going on with people's lives. You don't know what they're going through. And some of us, we're just as mean as could be. Because somebody did something to you. Amen. Amen. Now listen. Listen to what it says. For the weapons of our warfare are not what? They're not carnal. But they are what? Mighty through what? God through the what? Pulling down of what? That word stronghold means castle. It means ideals. It means uh, um, 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 ideals or belief systems. So if you believe that, that, that somebody's going to get you and you keep telling them, you know, sometimes we have people that have certain conditions mentally and, they, and, they, and people, they think people are after them. And we keep trying to tell them that, no, they're not. But see, you can't tell them that. Because in their mind, guess what? That's a reality. And the same thing for some people that are in the church. You tell them something about the Lord. You tell them something about the word. They won't believe it. They don't. And they won't tell you they don't believe it. Their actions show it. Like if I say, we all need to pray. Some people say, well, yeah, we need to pray, but I don't need to pray like that. Some people say, you know, we don't need to pray no hour and 10 minutes. God is a quick work. Yeah, he's a quick work. But he wants some time with you. Hallelujah. 
here and we've been you know husband wives dating and stuff like that and a lot of times you hear says all i want to do is spend time with you i just want to spend time with you call him on the phone i just want to talk to you amen don't start getting strange on me i know what's going on they know but see <laughs> They, 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 they're in love with that person. They want to be with that person. They want to spend time with that person. And we have somebody that is love is greater, that wants to spend time with you, that wants to spend some valuable time with you. And then you say, I just got 10 minutes. I just got 15. Well, I have something I want to tell you. I have some secrets. You know, God says, I'm going to tell you some secrets. Well, I don't have time for that. Why do you think he feels? See, everybody thinks that God is beyond feelings. God has feelings, y'all know that, right? And you know how I know he got feelings in his image? And because he's got, I got feelings, I know he got feelings. Are you listening? We've been made in his image. He's not beyond feelings. God gets angry, and Lord, help us if he gets angry. Because his anger starts kettling. And then when he don't want to talk to you, he's going to say, get out of his face. And then there's only one thing that's going to please him. Y'all say hallelujah. Listen, listen, it says that casting down strongholds. And then it says, I'm sorry, casting down imaginations. And every high thing exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So you got to get rid of the way you think about so much stupidity. So much foolishness, you got to cast those thoughts down. You got to start learning who you really are. The devil is not, like I said, he's not going to destroy you unless you tell him to. He's not going to come overcome you unless you give him authorization to do so. He's not going to, uh, 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 the enemy will cause you to be poor if you keep saying you're poor. If you keep saying that people are bothering me, guess what? There's going to be a whole line. You just authorize him to bring a line. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And with your mouth, with your words, there's a snare. So you need to start talking positive about what God is doing in your life. Forget about all the foolishness. You know, you got to pray for people. Pray for your enemies. Pray for them that misuse you, right? Love on them that is hate you. Just keep loving on them. Just keep loving on them. When they cuss you out, bring them coffee. Oh, go ahead. Don't. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to come back to. I don't know why people don't see that. You think that you're going to keep sowing bad seeds and you're going to not get bad seeds? It's going to come back up on you. Amen. Somebody say amen. All right. All right. So casting out imagination and bringing it into captivity, I always say this. The enemy wants you to keep that same thought about you. He wants you to keep the thought about you. He wants you to keep the ideal about you. He wants to keep you into the past. He wants to brand you with your past. 
He wants to taunt you with your past. He wants to do all of these things with your past so that ultimately your past will, will actually come up in your life later on when the evil day comes and actually it will be an evil day because sickness will come as a result of you holding on to stuff. Now listen, I didn't know all the stuff there was about, um, about the healing power of God through forgiveness. Understanding about how this operates. And 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 during the time that I've been traveling and doing stuff with him, and and he's talking to me and giving me all this insight about all this stuff about the healing power of God, I found out that most of us, most or ninety percent of the sicknesses in our body is a result of an attitude or problem that you have with either yourself or a person. And if you could just forgive them, you'll find out it reversed. Because the enemy, the enemy, Jesus says this, the prince of this world cometh and he finds what? He, he finds nothing in you. So the enemy looks everywhere to find out if there's an opening in your heart, an opening in your life, or some place that he can agitate you so he can attach himself to you so he can begin to manifest the seed that it will begin to grow up into a plant, and then that plant will begin to grow up in a tree, and by the time it grows up in a tree, you're destroyed. This is why some people, as they get older, they get meaner. They, they, get, they get really mean. It seems like they, something has bothered them, and you don't even know what bothered them. But it's usually something that's happened a long time ago, and you know as people get older, they get what? They get standing in their ways. They get like, this is the way it is. And you can't change them. And that's why it says, get yourself right. By the time the evil day comes, you're set in Christ. You're loving Christ. You move in Christ. For in him you live, you move, and have your what? Your being. Okay. Now we're getting ready to get to the good part. And I'll be finished. Because I can't get into the second part until I do until this other. If we're going to advance the kingdom of God, spiritual authority, and understand the power that Christ has given us and released to us until we understand and see what it is that He is actually doing. Many of us are waiting for God to do things and take over things in our lives that has, been, has bothered us, hindered us, prevented us, and et cetera. But the reality is that we don't have to wait to go to heaven to experience the glorious power of the kingdom or the reign of the kingdom. Y'all don't have to wait to heaven to get free. You don't have to stay in bondage through your entire life. <laughs> Y'all looked at me like, Y'all don't have to wait to get free. You're an ambassador down here, and we are enjoy some of the benefits of our ambassadorship. Amen? Amen. You shouldn't be walking around all poor and broken, but it means that you should have what you need. You don't have to walk around all sad and busted up and all that kind of stuff and saying that nobody loves me and all that kind of stuff. Fix yourself up. Look the part. And you'll find out people will, attract, will be attracted to you, and they're attracted, they'll run after you. You're going to say, hold on. I'm too good for this. I'm walking this thing out. 
Hallelujah. If you want me, you're going to have to go through some stuff. Amen. You know, beautify yourself like the world. Beautify yourself with holiness and people will come running after you. They'll come looking for you. There's something about that sister. Uh, she look good. She smell good. But there's something about that. She don't have an attitude. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, he that findeth a wife findeth a what? So we men, we got to get ourselves together too. Amen. Amen. Because no woman want a man that's all busted up. Hello. Because you're living in a different place. Amen. You know, and you can, and, and you ladies, if they don't, if they're not in Christ, don't even take another look at them. Run from them because they might have that, that look. They might have that smell. You might have to run. Amen. Same thing happens on both sides. You know, Joseph, he had that problem. Amen. He had to run. And some of you ladies have a problem. You need to run too. Because the devil's not playing with you. And then you'll make the statement, I wish I never had. You'll be regretful all your life. And then the enemy, that'll be another opening for the enemy to come in. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe I need to preach a little bit now. <laughs> I'm trying to give you some truth. <laughs> Amen. Man, and you mothers and you grandmothers, you need to teach your daughters and teach your granddaughters how to present themselves. This is kingdom stuff. And there's tea. My God from glory. You know, before I go there, let me just tell, let me go into um, Colossians chapter 2. Go to Colossians chapter 2, verse number 15. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is a good God. Yes, he is. God is a good God. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Go to 14. Let's go up one. Okay. Now listen. Listen, everybody in here. Uh, you, you got a moment, but um, most of us need to understand that when Christ died, he died to bring us victory. Right? Somebody says he brings us victory. He also has given us a place in him. Somebody say amen. He has given us authority. He has given us power. He has given us all kinds of benefits to be inside it, to be in him. For in him, the Bible says, we live, we move, and have our what? Our being, our existence is him. Say, I want to live in him. Amen. And notice it says, he blotted out the writ, handwritten of ordinance that was against us, which means that he took care of the law. 
he removed it. And it says, which was contrary to us. And the reason why it was contrary to us is because we couldn't keep the law. You, there's a law, you break the law. I mean, some of us now, we know what the law is and we still break it. Yeah, I know, I, I, I know, because you you're going 75 and 55 mile lanes. Some of you got a whole bunch of tickets in the bag that you haven't paid yet. Hello? Amen. Some of us, <laughs> somebody said deliverance. Amen. <laughs> well, thank God for forgiveness, right? <laughs> and so the Bible talks, <laughs> the Bible says, <laughs> contrary, contrary, uh, the law told us about ourselves. It showed us ourselves and it attached a penalty to it. And it says it and it took it out of the way because of what Christ did. It took all of those things, the law, the penalty of the law, and it took it all out of the way. And when it took it out of the way, it gathered it up. All the stuff of the law, all the stuff of the penalties, all of the stuff of any kind of, even talks about in Galatians that he took uh, and he uh, got rid of the curse of the law. We are no longer the curse of the law, which is in Deuteronomy chapter 28. He says he nailed it to his cross, nailing it to his cross. Then it got nailed to the cross. So think about it. I mean, just, just go through, a, you know, it's not Easter yet, but you can just go through just a quick, a quick uh, uh, analogy of what he nailed to the cross. He nailed that ill thought. He nailed that foul thinking that you're doing that nobody else knows about. Amen? That lustful thinking, that lying, that cheating, that manipulating. Amen? The stuff that you don't want nobody to see but God saw it. Amen? The stuff, the, 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 the stealing of money, the manipulating of people, the, I mean, you could just think about anything and he took it all, bundled it up, made Christ sin, nailed it all to the cross because he was the stuff that was made sin. He was the one made sin for us, right? They put him on the cross, nailed it there. He nailed it. So it was hung up so everybody could see, bloody as a mess, didn't even look human because it was sin, and nailed it to the cross. An innocent man died on your behalf. Now 15. They nail all that. Raise your hand if you believe that. Listen, if nothing else gets you excited, that should get you excited. Because he took everything that was against you, that was put on you, every kind of penalty there was, and he took it away. And wrote your name in the book of life and says, I'm going to take you out of the mess and put you into a place. Having spoiled them openly, triumphing over them easily. Which means that everything that the enemy thought they were going to do to the human race, every demon, every assignment, every dead, if you want to call it Nephilim, every magic trick, everything that was put on you, Christ took the power and the effect of it away from you. And he made a show of the enemy. He pulled him out like they did back in the Old Testament days. They would take a king that they conquered them, 
and they would put them on a dunkey backward naked and put a dunce hat on them and parade them through the audience and says, we have defeated your king. And so when Christ, when, when death could not hold him, because remember, death is a penalty. Amen? Death is a penalty. Y'all got to see it. Death is a penalty. Death is a penalty. And Christ took your penalty. And they killed him. They killed him on the cross. They killed him. Death said, I'm going to take him. And death said, I'm going to keep him. Because this is a prize. Took him down in the lower chambers and said, we're going to hold him here. They didn't know him. Because if they had known, they wouldn't have crucified him. I don't have a Bible for it. This is just me. That he went down there in those cloths in the ins invisible world, waiting for the right moment. And all of a sudden, everybody was having a party down in hell. And, oh, we got him. He no longer is going to destroy our work. No, everybody in here, we're going we to we rearrange our plans, y'all. We're going to take this world now. We're going to cause disease. We're going to get mayhem. We're going to cause war. We're going to just destroy this earth and destroy the image of God. We're going to destroy it all. Call the, the, the principalities. Call the powers that sits on high. Call the demonic spirits that actually causes things to happen in cities and villages and families. Call them all together. We're going to have an open meeting. <laughs> We're going to have a conference. And this is not a conference call, y'all. I want everybody present. Because we're going to have a party on these people. Because we can't fight against God. Y'all didn't hear me. We're going to distort his image. We're going to cause his image to go. We're going to destroy that image that he thought through the prophets, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and David, and Ezekiel. And they, they talked about all this kind of stuff, but we got them, y'all. Aren't you glad? Matter of fact, there's a special reward for you, Lust. There's a special reward for you. There's a special reward for you. We got him. We got him, y'all. Well, he didn't do anything. That don't matter. We got him. No more healing the sick. No more raising the dead. No more uh, causing situations to happen. No more of this is going to happen. No more, no more, no more, no more. We are happy, y'all. On that proper time, all of a sudden, a beam of light came showing. He revealed his true self. You remember the, the, uh, the transfiguration where he transfigured and they showed who he really was? I believe that he was in and down when he opened up who he was, he stood up. He said, hey, y'all. And they all looked shocked. Death thought they had. Death said, I had him. Why you didn't hold him? They started fussing at each other. Why you didn't hold him? I don't know why. I, did, I, 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 I Stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. You don't have him because he's here now and he's shining a light from heaven in this place called hell. There's a light here. And I see him walking over to the place called the bosom of Abraham. And there's a bunch of people over there. And he's getting ready to break the door down. Hide those keys. And he just stood there and says, hey, give me the keys of death. Death, stand over there. You're under my authority now. 
grave, you didn't got to sting anymore. <laughs> hallelujah. Somebody else say hallelujah. There's no sting. I got, I, got, I got the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Give me the keys. I remember looking at the apostle, and this guy was preaching, and he brought out some keys. He said, God did a, uh, Jesus did a black flip on the devil and took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Amen. He took those keys. He unlocked that gate and told Abraham and all the patriarchs, he's just where you're just uh, sitting around here, but I got a place that you long for. It's called the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what he did was that, that on that third day, he got up. Somebody else say, hallelujah, he got up. He got up. You ought to be happy just because he got up. But he got more than just got up. He went into the heavenly place. And the Bible says he sat down. <laughs> that means that all authority, all power, all principality, death, hell, and the grave is no longer subject to the devil. They have to come under his domain because he conquered them because there was no more authority left for the devil because he conquered him. He defeated him. Somebody else say hallelujah. Somebody say Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. My God for glory. I knew what I was talking about. And here, go to the Ephesians now. He made an open trial. So go to the Ephesians and, tell, and, and let's see what he says about that in Ephesians chapter number two. And he makes this statement here. I don't know if people are happy about that or not. I think here in America, I think that we have just missed a lot of it. We just, we just don't get it. Chapter number. No, let's start verse. But God, who is rich in mercy. Somebody say rich in mercy. For his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when he, even when we, somebody said we, were dead in what? Has quickened us together with Christ. Somebody say he's quickened us together. That word actually means in the Greek, made alive. Somebody said he made us alive. By grace, you are saved. There's nothing that nobody here qualified. I didn't qualify for it. You didn't qualify for it. Nobody here was able to qualify for it. That means that you that are in here today and me, we don't qualify. But because of his grace, because of his what? Mercy. What did he say? You are saved. And guess what he says? And so he says, he has raised us up together and made us sit together in what? In Christ. So Pastor Warren, why don't you have a seat on the throne so you can sit with Christ because we are in heavenly places right now. Come on, sit down. Hallelujah. We're sitting here in heavenly places, amen? And guess what? He's inviting everybody to sit with him in heavenly places. Sit down. And guess what? You got the same authority that I have. I give you authority. <laughs> and because he has authority, we have authority. Somebody said he's got authority. So that means that if he's sitting in high places, because remember in Ephesians chapter number one, it says he's raised from there and he was sitting in what kind of places? 
heavenly places, right? But then he says, when he has raised us up together and made us to sit together in what kind of places? In heavenly places. And so everybody that is in this room that is saved, everybody that's in here that's been under the blood, Everybody that's in here that's tongue-talking, everybody that's in there that's been through the water and been through the flood and is coming out, you are sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus right now. Right now. You're not looking, you're looking at benches, but you're what? You are a spiritual being, amen? And your spirit, man, is sitting in places of authority. So the enemy can't taunt you anymore unless you say so. The, the enemy forms a weapon, you know, weapons formed against us. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. He might form a weapon, but it ain't going to work. Because I'm sitting here, and remember now, when you're sitting, you're resting. <laughs> you can take a little nap. Amen, because you're resting. And most of us don't understand that rest, revelation comes while you're resting. You can sit back and just rest in the Lord and say, Lord, the enemy's bothering me. Well, let me take a nap. Let me get into prayer. Let me just take a prayer uh, a, a prayer now. Uh, Charlie Shem, he went over the prayer, mystical prayer. Somebody said, mystical. It's just a word. What it means is how to pray in the spirit to get into that realm where God, you see God and hear God and understand him as he talks to you. And that's the place of rest. Somebody said, that's a place of rest. Some of you haven't rested because you're not sitting heavenly places. You gave your seat up. You, you know, your prayer actually takes you to heaven. Somebody say amen. I'm not talking about physically, but you ascend. You ascend into the heavenly places. Your spirit man ascends into the heavenly places. As you pray, you ascend. That's where you can find rest. He says, come, find rest for your You've been in the land too long. You've been in a dry and weary land because you left your place. You forgot how to rest. You running after everything and worried about so much stuff, you forgot how to rest in it. But right here, we're sitting in heavenly places. Yes, I see you. I see you with my physical eyes, my physical, I see you physically, but I'm not here. I'm in another place. As I'm seeing you, I'm seeing him. As I see you, I see the heavenly place. Because in prayer, you can ascend. And you don't have to always, in prayer doesn't mean you're always talking. Prayer means sometimes you got to shut up and just look. Sometimes you got to just, just be quiet. And it's not always looking up. It's just, you know, I'm just saying that in those terms so you understand what I'm saying. Because the kingdom of God is in you. It's right in you. It's not somewhere that's out. It's right inside of you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? A place of authority. Somebody said a place of authority. Say a place of authority. See, when you realize, when you get the revelation that you're sitting in a place of authority, you don't have to let the devil beat the crap out of you. You got to get kind of hardcore in the spirit. We become, we become wise as what? Serpent, but what? Harmless as a what? Uh, it sticks his tongue out and it's got that two fork on there and what it's doing is filling the atmosphere. 
to see what's there. And see, that's what the spiritual realm is. We've got to pull our tongues out, if you allow me to say it like that, and begin to feel the atmosphere, the environment. What environment are you in? Are you here or are you in heavenly places? Where are you? If you keep letting stuff bother you, you're not sitting in heavenly places. You give your seat up. I understand that people are still doing that. <laughs> but guess what? I understand that God is the same. And that I have authority in him. I have authority in him. Somebody say, I have authority in him. Come on, let's stand on our feet. No, you rest it. <laughs> See, there, there's empty seats in heavenly places. You understand that? There's empty seats here. Heavenly places. Listen. The seriousness of this has to do everything with your perception of who you are in him. I don't have to worry about God's authority. He already has it. Right? So I say amen. I'm concerned about our authority because some of us don't realize we have. I don't care what issue that you have in life. I understand that it's hard. Lives that are hard. And some people are going through more difficult things than other people. I understand that. God understands that. But there's something special about those that he put more on. You might say, amen. You can consider yourself blessed when you are doing the right thing and stuff still come up. Amen? The enemy is accusing you of stuff that you know you didn't do. And you running around. Why would you be scared for doing right? Some of us are, you know, we're thinking about things that happened to us years and years and years and years ago. There might have been something that happened very traumatizing in your life. And I understand that. And that takes time to get over. And I understand. And God understands. But in the midst of you going through, trusting him that he's going to bring you. Don't rely on, please, you know, I know that we have pastors and, and all of that, and I understand that, and we need them. We need pastors. God ordained pastors, and God ordained apostles, and evangelists, and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, the only really person who can help you is Jesus. If God's not talking to those men and not talking the word through them, then you're going to need Jesus. Amen? Because if the pastor or the apostle is not giving you a word that brings life to you, then it's not a word. You're sitting in heavenly places. Are you listening? You're sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And there's coming a time that God's going to challenge you. He's going to allow the challenge to come up in your life that you are going to have to. And we need to search our hearts. How many know that God is good? Somebody know. Singers, come on. And um, I want us to pray. Pray that the spirit of the living God begins to move upon you. They can take, they can take, you guys can come get the seats here.
And so as you go as you go out the rest of your day today, there's there's some of us that actually How many need help today? I'll be the first one to raise my hand. I need help. I'll be the first one. You can't be the part. You, you can't say. Uh, you cannot be a partaker of the fruit if you're not willing to go first. And so I'll tell you, I need help. Somebody say you need help. Everybody look at me and say you need help. Point at me. 